0: Hey, welcome to night school. It's a bright and early Saturday morning. And it's not too rainy to do a show. If it gets too rainy, I'm gonna have to shut this thing down. Do us all a favor and shut this thing down. Uh, but as expected, uh, I'm still seeing a lot of Halloween decorations up. As uh, I prophesized, prophesied, prophesied however you say it, as my prophecy foretold, a lot of Halloween decorations still up a whole 10 days after Halloween, because as I said, it's become the new Christmas, Halloween is the new Christmas for a lot of people, and they put their decorations up early, they uh, talk about it all month long, they celebrate it all month long, and by all month, I mean three months long. But I'll be really curious to see when the Halloween decorations start going down, because I'm seeing a surprising amount, not just one or two here or there. And in line with that way of thinking, you know, when I mentioned how Halloween is the new Christmas a while back, for secular, especially younger people, uh, Halloween has very much become their Christmas. Uh, But... A friend of mine who lives in Texas and he lives next door to a frat house. He messaged me on Halloween or the day after Halloween. And he told me that the frat boys were actually singing Christmas songs on Halloween. And I, I felt a certain amount of, uh, do I want to say justice? I don't know what, but I feel like I'm on to something here with this whole Christmas-Halloween connection. It wasn't there before, you know? Yeah, they're both holidays late in the year, but I don't feel like there was this correlation between Christmas and Halloween before. I mean, Thanksgiving is in between them, so it's not like they're back-to-back holidays or anything. Uh, But yeah, my friend, he messaged me and he said, yeah, the frat boys next door are singing Christmas songs on Halloween. And I like that. I feel like that's an act of protest in some strange way. And, you know, for as much as frat boys get a bad rap, for good reason, in large part. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of frat boys. My dad was in a fraternity, and he's the least stereotypical frat boy type you can imagine, uh, but you know, some of the reputation is very deserved, it's easy to admit that, <laughs> uh, And uh, but I, I do feel like they, they must have been singing those songs, not just to be different and funny, but I feel like in some strange way... It must have been an act of protest against all this stuff that's going on. Cause it's not just that people are really into the spooky aesthetic of Halloween. It's not just that they need a, a pagan holiday to put their energy toward. Because one thing we know is that, you know, people need holidays. They need days of celebration. No matter what their beliefs are, no matter what it is they do. There seems to be this need to have certain days where we celebrate something, even if we don't really know what it is, even if there isn't just one specific set of, you know, activities that we uh, do on that holiday, there's a need to have those holidays. Even if the way that you celebrate it is entirely personal, or even if you don't really celebrate it, but you simply acknowledge it, there's this need to have holidays. And Halloween has very much taken on this larger role for adults, you know, this, this holiday that, you know, has these pagan roots, but in, you know, modern America, it's considered very much a kiddie holiday, it's a kiddie holiday, you're too old to go trick-or-treating, you're too old to dress up in a, a ridiculous costume, uh, but people have grabbed hold of it, and I, I do feel like Halloween has been magnified, I suppose you could say. But this act of protest by singing Christmas songs, Christmas carols on Halloween, I can get behind that. I feel like I, I feel that, is how I'd put it. I don't even know that I can put words to it, but I I feel that. That's kind of how I'm feeling these days. You know, it's it's like uh, unleashing a little dose of light on a dark day. And not that i have anything against halloween but there is something mildly disturbing to me about the role that halloween has started to play and the fact that it's you know represented by demons and skulls and i think that's the strange thing about seeing decorations still out because it's not just oh these people are, are late You know, in the same way that, like, someone leaves their Christmas lights up, it's not just like, oh, they've left their Christmas lights up, they've left their uh, Halloween decorations up. It's what those Halloween decorations are. You know, it's like, these people are, you know, wanting to leave skulls and tombstones and demonic creatures out in their yards for longer than is absolutely necessary. And it's not absolutely necessary to begin with. You know, it's all uh, just a little spice. It's just a way to spice up your, uh, your house, your life. But you have this where it's like, I'm walking by houses and I'm like, oh, these people wanna leave skeletons and gruesome things in their yard for as long as they can possibly get away with it. And it gives them some sense of comfort. And not that we should be afraid of death or afraid of skeletons. And that's something that I feel like people abuse. Uh, I feel like, you know, people sort of abuse the whole, like, death-positive, quote-unquote, movement. Because, of course, I agree that people should accept the inevitable reality of death. Of course. And I think, uh, you know, in in many ways... Western culture is terrified of death to the point of completely distorting it and hiding from it. And I understand that something like the so-called death positive movement is a reaction to that and does open up a, a decent conversation, but I feel like it goes overboard. Uh, much like the Sex Positivity Movement does, much like any sort of advocacy movement goes for. I mean, the only thing I'm an advocate for now are Italian-Americans with Southern accents. If they have New Jersey accents, fuck them, they're on their own. But Italian-Americans who speak with especially high-pitched Southern accents, those are the people who need my support. And, and they have virtually no public platform. They have no presence on television or in the media. Uh, Italian-Americans with southern accents, whether or not they live in southern states, in southern U.S. states, that's irrelevant. Although I would hope that they do have some connection. But that's an even more marginal group. Italian-Americans with southern accents who don't live or have never lived in southern states. Those are the true, uh, uh, those are the white egrets, you know, they're, they're the rarity out there. But, uh, you know, for, so, so it's like, that's the only group I'm advocating for is Italian-Americans with Southern accents, especially the ones who have no connection to the Southern U.S., and through just some miracle, I was going to say phenomena, phenomenon, uh, but I would say it's a miracle if an Italian-American develops a Southern accent without actually ever having lived in the Southern U.S., uh, and I, and I will throw my support. That's a hill that I'm gonna die on, as people like to say. You know, is that a hill that you want to die on? Our, uh, you know, uh, sandwiches. You know, our our fast food shops. The hill that you want to die on. You know, like like defending or attacking Christian. Uh, sandwich shops, fast food shops—is that the hill that you want to die on? Not me. You know that's that's not the hill that I want to die on. I want to die on the hill of Italian Americans with Southern Southern accents. But enough about that. Enough about me. <laughs> enough about me. Uh, you know, for me though, yeah, I, I have no issue with Halloween. I may celebrate it again in the future. I may not. You know, who knows. But, you know, just as I predicted, you know, I'm seeing a lot of decorations still up and the morbid nature of them makes that especially strange to me because Christmas lights, you leave them up. It's not like there's really a, it doesn't, there's no real, uh, what does that represent? You know, maybe somebody, maybe some annoying person has written a college paper about, you know, the symbolic representation of Christmas lights and the colors in them and all this and... You know, maybe, uh, you know, if you leave your Santa, your blow-up Santa out in your yard for too long, it's just kind of an eyesore, but it doesn't really represent that much. It's not even particularly religious, uh, even though Christmas is this Christian holiday, but, you know, these Halloween decorations that are getting left out, And we'll see if they're still out in a week. We'll see if they're still out in a month. We'll see if my prophecy truly comes true, truly comes true, if I see Halloween decorations on Christmas. Because that was my original prophecy, is that Halloween is not only going to replace Christmas in terms of the amount of emphasis people put on it, But it's actually going to continue to take place on December 25th. It's going to stretch into December 25th. Uh, So we'll see if that, the full prophecy, comes true. Uh, But but just that, you know, Christmas, like I said, it's like the decorations, there's not really very much weight to them. It's like Christmas lights, you know, you may or may not like the way they look. It's basically an aesthetic sort of dilemma. Like, if you're upset about Christmas decorations, it's purely aesthetic. It's just like, oh, I don't like the way Santa looks. His outfit sucks. I don't like the red and green Christmas lights. I'm sick of all these lights in people's yards. I'm sick of these little fake reindeer in people's yards. It's basically just an aesthetic dilemma, which, you know, I'll always respect that. I'll always respect someone's right to just get rubbed the wrong way by something that is aesthetically grating to them but halloween's different because it's it is so morbid I, i mean i saw a fake tombstone in someone's yard yesterday that said pearl e gates it's like the name her name's pearl middle middle initial e and gates which was weird because the day before I had looked up my, my dad's cousin, he died last year, and his name was Don Gates. And so it just made me think, I was like, you know, that's a real last name. Uh, and the day before, i just, I'd forgotten that my dad's cousin died, and he was a good guy, and uh, his name was Don Gates, and so I, I just, I looked up his obituary just as kind of a reminder. And you know, I'm not going to say it's some major synchronicity or anything like that, but it, you know, I had Gates on the brain. And as a last name, it's, it's, you know, a strange last name, a strange and striking last name, Gates. And then yesterday I saw that Halloween tombstone still in somebody's yard on November 8th. It said, Pearl E. Gates. And I thought that was strange, you know? That's very morbid, that's very satanic. The idea that the, the pearly gates of heaven are buried here We've buried these pearly gates. <laughs> We're not even letting the gates stand anymore. But there is something very... I mean, that's morbid. That's satanic. That's morbid. There's also, you know, just all kinds of things. I mean, some people go all out. I saw a house that had a bunch of styrofoam heads on stakes. You know? Uh, it's its all very... Uh, it's not just... Uh, it's not just cartoony. It's not just cartoony depictions of, you know, pumpkins and all that. It's, people go all out. I mean, there's a house, there's a neighborhood around here that's like notorious. It's one of those, you know, certain neighborhoods get a reputation and the reputation sort of gives all the people in that neighborhood this momentum. They have, not only have they established this reputation, but they've, they now have a reputation they have to live up to, so that becomes like the trick-or-treater neighborhood. So there's this neighborhood in town here, it's like parents drive their kids there and uh, walk around. I mean, I was walking around that neighborhood a week or so before Halloween, I was like, I almost said a week before Christmas, see, it's just, they're becoming the same thing very quickly. Uh, but a week before Halloween, I was walking in that neighborhood, and I saw a house that had almost 40 jack-o'-lanterns on their porch. They had built like these shelves. They had a, a covered, a big covered porch. An old, it was an old house with a big covered porch, and they had actually built like shelves, and there were more than 35 pumpkins, less than 40. I didn't count them one by one. I just kind of looked at the shelves and did a little math. Looked at the shelves and did a little math. And uh, there were definitely, there were fewer than 40, more than 35. You know, that's what I I determined. (laughs) And that's a lot of effort. You know, even if you get a whole party going, that's a lot of carving. That's a lot of pumpkin guts you got to get rid of. So this this neighborhood, uh, you know, they've created this reputation, but then they've also established this reputation they have to live up to. And there's a house there that created this entire fake graveyard with like a fake brick wall and a gate. We're back to gates here. Uh, the, you you go through, and they have all these fake tombstones, and they have a sign. They even have a fake sign that's like "Welcome to such and such cemetery." And uh, you know, enough about that, though. I don't have too much more to say about this whole Halloween transplanting Christmas, but it would make sense, you know, going back to the idea of the war on Christmas, it would make sense that you would actually, you would need something to fight Christmas with or something to replace Christmas with, because as I said, there's this innate need in human beings to have holidays, and having your own personal holiday, your birthday, isn't good enough. You need some something larger, you need some bigger day, some bigger cause for celebration, And as people become just, you know, so satanic and morbid, (laughs) and everyone's depressed and anxious, of course they would latch on to Halloween, the day of demons. Of course. You know? Um, and, uh... You know, so, yeah, naturally you would need to replace Christmas with something if you're fighting Christmas. If there truly is a war on Christmas, you need to replace it with something. So, Halloween's very convenient. Because the people who are fighting the war on Christmas don't like Thanksgiving, and I don't either. Uh, I've just never been a fan of the colors, like, the, the tones. It's, it's back to that aesthetic thing. Like, I, I would understand, even though I'm, I'm not against Christmas decorations, I'm not against Christmas at all, but... Uh, you know, I understand somebody who has an aesthetic disgust to the visuals of Christmas because I feel the same way about Thanksgiving. It's this mix of, I mean, to me, everything associated with thanks Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, no, everything associated with Thanksgiving to me is just this disgusting, like, gutter of gravy, I just, everything to me is just like this disgusting like brown, it's like these like organic flesh tones and you know brown and this like deep red and I don't even think of like autumn leaves which I think is supposed to be one of the uh, characteristics of those colors. I think one of the reasons why those colors are associated with Thanksgiving is it's very autumnal. But by the time Thanksgiving rolls around, you know, most of the leaves are gone. The leaves have turned into gutter gravy as well. I mean, in the Pacific Northwest here, by Thanksgiving, it's like the trails and the streets are lined with these like mushy, you know, rotting leaves. They're turning the leaves into disgusting gravy, literally in the gutter. So I don't even, it's not even like we're surrounded by beautiful leaves by the time Thanksgiving rolls around. So I don't, when I see that deep red, I just think of some, I don't know, not even not even blood or anything kind of cool like that. I just, I'm like, oh, uh, it's like, I, I think more of, it's like, oh, that's just, thats not red. That's like brown pretending it's red. <laughs> and there's yellow and, you know, orange. And more shades of brown and somehow I get this like kind of fleshy Visual as well because I feel like the food is that way. I mean turkey. I'm not gonna bash turkey. It's meat I'm not gonna say I hate it, but it is definitely one of my least favorite uh, Meats and I like a lot of meats, you know, I'm, I'm a meat fan So it says something that I'm not a huge fan of turkey and so, like, the big the, the thing that's on the pedestal, the thing at the center of the table, the thing that, you know, your Uncle Daddy is carving, because he's so good at carving it. Uh, and that's one of the only times people, I mean, people carve pumpkins and then they carve turkeys, I guess. But, uh, they, uh, you know, the emphasis is on this turkey, and it's not even something I can get excited about. And maybe I'm entitled, maybe I'm something, I don't know. But everything else too is bad. You know, I'm not a fan of any of it. Not a fan of any of that food. I've never been excited about it. I'm still not, and I actively avoid a lot of those foods. You know, mashed potatoes, they're all right. Not something I particularly care for. But everything else, you know, stuff that I, I would basically avoid if given a choice. And fortunately I am. And I'm also not into the idea of fighting a war on Thanksgiving either. Because uh, that's one of the reasons why, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why Halloween is the heavy ar- artillery in the war on Christmas and not Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving has all these other connotations that people are disturbed by. Uh, for, you know, some, some of them for good reason. If you're going to get disturbed by the history of a holiday, I think Thanksgiving is a good one. But for me, it's just purely aesthetic. It's it's the you know the fleshy brown guttered gravy of it all. But why talk so much about something that I don't like? <laughs> you know wh- why why be so negative about something that I don't actually have to participate in? Uh, and I know I've I've probably talked about it before. I think I did a Thanksgiving episode a while back. So, why do multiple episodes about my misgivings with Thanksgiving? Uh, But, you know, I'm just, I'm looking around and I just, I see these decorations and it's just kind of, I'm just like, I wonder how long this is going to go on this year. And this year feels a little different. I feel there's a little extra emphasis on Halloween and the prolonging of Halloween. You know, if these people truly are death positive if they really do want us to just to accept the reality and the glory of, of how finite life is and, and to represent that using skulls and tombstones and all sorts of morbid things, grim reapers, sublime suns, the sublime logo in your yard, <laughs> um, I feel like one of the the best ways to show that you can accept death is to take your Halloween decorations down right away. That that would show a a much greater acceptance if you took your Halloween decorations down right away and accept the death of Halloween. That, to me, would be the ultimate pagan gesture. The ultimate uh, gesture of... Your total acceptance of, uh, of, the, of temp- the temporary... <laughs> I don't even know. I'm not even going to go on about it. But I think if you still have your Halloween decorations out and you're listening to this, take them down. Start thinking about Christmas. The real Christmas. Not this black and orange cultural warfare against Christmas. Start thinking about the real red and green. The real red and green. And put those decorations out early. And take them down when you feel like it. Start singing Christmas carols uh, as soon as possible. You know? But first of all, show that you accept death by taking your Halloween decorations down. <laughs> This land is mine, God gave this land to me, this brave, this golden land to me. See a land where children